From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature. Real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Megan Fury. This time, a man heads out on an elk hunt and loses his way. He didn't always make the best decisions. Sally Sarvi isn't from Wyoming, but she's been here over 40 years. We were from eastern Nebraska. My dad was an engineer. He decided to go west. So he secured a job with Pacific Power, and we moved to Glen Rock. Sally's husband, Mike, was born in Glen Rock. They met in seventh grade and were part of the same friend group. Then, when they were juniors in high school, Sally asked him to the school's snowball dance. Don't know if he ever would have asked me if I hadn't asked him first. Mike said yes, and the two began dating. They dated all through high school, college, and even did a long-distance relationship while they both completed their master's degrees in different states. And it was on one of Mike's trips to visit Sally in Illinois that he popped the question. He proposed to me in the Chicago airport and sent the ring by mail. I have n- I've never heard a proposal story like that before. I love that. Well, it wasn't very romantic, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's romantic, I guess, in its own it's in its own unique little way. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. They married a few months later. After they finished their master's degrees, the couple moved to Denver for a while, but Wyoming was calling them back. We decided to move back because my husband, a child of Glen Rock, missed fishing and hunting. They settled in Casper and had three children there. They loved it. It's close to the mountains, so there are plenty of places nearby to hunt and fish. Mike's greatest loves. Besides Sally and the kids, of course. He was out every weekend doing one of those two things. He lived and breathed outdoor sports. Sally and Mike also built a cabin about 30 miles south of Glen Rock. It's pretty remote and tough to get to. The only heat is a stove where we use logs. So it would be very cold. Can't really live there in the winter. Not only because of the snow, but the wind causes really big drift. So the road is impassable. We normally go there as soon as we can cross the creek. That was usually from about April to November. Mike's favorite time of year at the cabin was September. It's when elk season starts in Wyoming for bow hunters. September is also known as rutting season, or the rut for the elk. It's just another way of saying mating season. 
they're excited and they're irrational and running around and charging each other bulls and challenging other bulls and gathering cows for their harem. My husband had that same kind of enthusiasm, frenzy, getting ready, getting his warm clothes, his camo, his bow, his rifle. He even had Algerian that he would put on his clothes. We would hear him down the basement bugling, practicing, because you have to practice to sound like a, a bull elk. He would get so excited thinking about hunting. Mike was an accounting instructor at Casper College. One September day in the early 90s, he got the itch to go hunting. He had taught a few morning classes and had a night class at 7, but his afternoon was free. He thought if he went right away at noon that he could get up there and at least shout and get back for night class. I don't think that he was dressed right as far as being warm, waterproof, that kind of thing. Sally isn't quite sure why, but Mike chose an unfamiliar area to hunt in. She thinks it was the closest place to the college, so he'd be able to make it back on time for his night class. And Mike really wasn't planning on being out long. He was pretty confident in his navigation skills. After all, he'd done this before. He got there and parked and started walking. He must have seen fresh tracks. Following the tracks, he could hear timber cracking, the leaves rustling. I think that he got so excited that he just kept on tracking this animal. Not really keeping track. And suddenly he stopped and realized that he didn't know where he was. And so he started back, but it was quite a ways. He'd gone too far. He was not on the right track. It was starting to get dark. So he just kept walking. not knowing what to do. Eventually, he decided, because there was a creek in that area, that he would go the direction that he thought the creek was. And then he would follow it. And so that's what he did. But the creeks up there have a lot of down timber 
falling across the water. The banks are covered with all kinds of debris. So followed the creek, but he slipped. His foot uh, went into the water, and then he went down on his hands and knees. Mike was lost, wet, cold, and it was getting dark. It's actually hard to overstate what a dangerous situation he was in. If you've never been out in the Wyoming wilderness, it's intimidating, to say the least. Wyomingites stress how important it is to be prepared, and that's for good reason. Every year, people head outdoors and never come back. Animal attacks, dehydration, flash floods, landslides, injuries, severe and unpredictable weather... Mother Nature has plenty of ways to swallow you up. It's also easier than you think to get turned around and lose your way. And it can take a while to mount a rescue operation, especially if search and rescue doesn't know where to start looking. It was only September, but temperatures can drop into the 40s at night, and the weather in Wyoming can change in an instant. Some parts of Wyoming even get their first snow in September. And remember, Mike was wet, so he was at risk for hypothermia. It was a bad situation that was going to get a lot worse if Mike couldn't get out of there. This was in the early 90s, so Mike didn't have a cell phone. And it wouldn't have mattered anyways because there's no service in that area. He was on his own. Meanwhile, Sally and their three children were at their cabin. Maybe not totally aware of the danger because I probably thought that he could do anything, that he was invincible. It was more, he's going to be really upset if he misses this class. Mike never missed a class. And that's when Sally started to worry. When it got dark, I knew that there was a glitch. He didn't always make the best decisions. If somebody's up there by themselves, there could be accidents. could have broken his leg, hit his head, could have had a flat tire. Usually he went with somebody. Mike was tired and wet, but he knew he had to keep going. He wasn't dressed or prepared to spend a night in the woods, and he was at severe risk for hypothermia. Wyoming's rugged wilderness that Mike loved so much had turned on him. He knew he might not survive a night out there alone, and nobody was coming for him. So he did the only thing he could think of, 
He just kept following the creek. He stumbled over branches and debris, carefully making his way so he didn't fall again. And after what felt like hours, he miraculously stumbled on his pickup. Mike could barely believe his eyes and his luck, but he didn't have much time to celebrate. It was late and he needed to call home. He knew Sally and the kids would be worried sick. He drove probably faster than he should have. Mike found the nearest ranch and knocked on the door. The owners let him in and let him use the telephone. Sally was so happy to hear from her husband. She had no idea where he was, and since he had gone to a new area, she wouldn't have even known where to look. After the initial shock wore off and Sally was sure Mike was safe, she agreed to drive to Casper College and let everyone know he was okay. After his phone call, Mike wanted to leave. It must have looked pretty bad because the ranch wife said, in the bathroom and we'll run a hot bath. And you throw your wet clothes out to me and I'll put them in the dryer. She was not going to let him get back on the road for about an hour in wet clothes. The funny part of the story is that he threw his clothes out, but he didn't throw his undershorts out. And his ranch wife was not going to take no for an answer, and she said, those are wet too, throw them out. He'd been embarrassed to do that, but he did. Mike was fine, even though he lost his underwear. It could have been a lot worse. If you're not prepared, you can die, and, and there's stories about that. If he'd been lost, we would have gone to try to find him, but the nights are cold. Um, there would have been a bad outcome. Sally knows this now, but she says at the time, she and Mike laughed it off. It became a funny story they told. But over time, they realized how vulnerable they were out there and how quickly things can go wrong. One time he was using a knife and he cut himself very badly. How far we were from help. You know, would he have bled to death? Sally found a nearby ranch and the owners helped her. Wyoming is a big state, and it has the lowest population in the U.S., which means there's plenty of wide-open space to enjoy. And that's the appeal for a lot of folks who live there, especially in the more remote parts. But it also means you're far away from help when things go wrong. 
Sally says when you're that isolated, you really do need to rely on the kindness of strangers. There can be miles between homes. Ranchers are out there like a beacon in the wilderness. But the function of being the beacon, we don't often think about the fact that they are living there and are the only hope. Sally is so grateful for the ranchers. And even though they laughed about the story for years, Mike did seem to learn his lesson. He never went hunting alone and was always overprepared. It was a humbling experience. You may be wondering why Sally is telling her husband's story. Well, that's because Mike passed away about two years ago. He did have Parkinson's. He was 75, diagnosed at 40. He was helped by the medications for probably 10 to 15 years. It wasn't his whole adult life. It progresses. We were married more than 50 years. So I was a full-time caregiver in the end. And it was um, really sad for such an active man. Kind of the long goodbye. <laughs> it is very long for him. Our storyteller today was Sally Sarvey. Sally still lives in Wyoming, and she misses her husband every day. This episode is dedicated to him. Mike Sarvey's online obituary is a tribute to how many lives he touched. The comments section is filled with students, friends, and colleagues, all talking about how kind, funny, and encouraging he was. Apparently, his nickname at the college was Disco Duck. Mike would DJ a lot of events just for fun. He sounded like a great guy. For photos from this episode, follow us on social media. We're at Human Nature Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, we're at Human Nature Pod. And if you have a story you want to share, let us know. Our DMs are always open, and we love hearing from you. I'm Megan Fury. This episode was produced by me, with help from Stephen Carroll and Ryan Kelly. Our theme song is by Kata Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. It's Human Nature.